This is Nightmares of the Americas, Indigenous Tales. The show will start in three, two, one. Take two. Welcome, everybody, to <laughs> Nightmares of the Americas, Indigenous Tales. I'm Joseph. And I'm Gabriel. Coming back at you way back. <laughs> it's fun. Technical difficulties. It happens. That's yeah, okay. You yes. know, we've, we've had a, it's a weird weather day today, man. It's like kind of wild. I know. I woke up super early this morning and it was sprinkling and there was like thunder because I live next to the mountains and I got scared. And I ran back inside. You don't and... wake up early. <laughs> today I did. No. You, what time did you wake up? Five o'clock. Oh, Four, really? no, 4.30. That's my normal time I wake up. <laughs> 4.30, and then Man. I got up at 5. Wait, you checked on the chickens and all that You woke stuff. up at 4.30, and then you got up at 5. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah, I was awake at 4.30. Oh, my gosh. You're a <laughs> jerk. Oh, you're one of those. I don't do that. One, one, my, I don't even have an alarm ring. It's on my watch. So my watch buzzes. And then I oh, push you it one time. Watch. Yeah, because it buzzes. There's, I hate alarm sounds. I hate alarm sounds because when I was deployed, we would always have guys and we're all in different shifts. So we're all in a tent and there's like 12 of us or something or six of us. I don't remember how many there were. There was a bunch <laughs> of guys in a tent, stinky tent. And all of a sudden you'd hear, meh, and then, oh, that's it. annoying. And then I'm like, oh, good. You get to go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden, meh, meh, meh. Finally, I just grabbed one of them and threw it on the ground and smashed it. Oh, there you go. Get rid of it. And then I just looked at him and went back to bed. And then I was the next time I was like, I will kill you if you do this again. Well, straight Jeez. to jail. I'm not having that. Murder. But my wife's one of, of those too. The uh, alarm snoozers. I don't do that. One one ring. I'm up. I'm like, okay, cool. Get out of bed. Do the whole routine. Good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to wake up early and stay awake. Mm-mm so easy and no caffeine so yeah no caffeine i don't do i do it without caffeine all natural a natural high just takes a deep breath of this uh smog that we live in and it gets them going oh yeah i cough for about 30 (laughs) minutes after i wake up like man i didn't even smoke last night i feel like i've been smoking 13 packs a day what happened Uh, to joseph he's in the iron lung this week um (laughs) he'll be back next week (laughs) oxygen levels are depleting yeah man well i guess that's good you're trying to trying to better yourself yeah it's pretty good and our chickens are laying like one egg a day so that's fun they're starting to shoot them out yeah they um they're all different breeds so they're not gonna all lay mm-hmm. start laying they all start laying at different times so yeah. we've noticed too our, our new ones we're getting the small eggs instead of the big ones sometimes they're like long mm-hmm. almost yeah like that was two, my like, first one okay and sometimes you'll get them and they'll be like um like almost like bumpy Mm-hmm. i don't know they're all kind of like the shells the shells are all weird so um I, i'm glad you're enjoying that yeah it's fun it's awesome to get especially eggs i just start tearing them up it's like mm-hmm. four eggs in the morning raw oh like rocky just crack them in a glass and drink it and then i puke and that's my that's my diet no <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's healthy i get sick and don't eat until three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> well, it's like there was some girls that were like i'm on the tequila diet What's tequila diet? Oh, you get really hammered and then you throw up a bunch and then you forget to eat. That's like, yeah, white girl drunk. And I'm like, really? White girl drunk? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Just 
It's pretty think, weird. I think you've been around enough brown people that I think you would you would change your tune, sing to a different <laughs> tune. <laughs> I would not call that white girl. White girl drug, I'd call White Claws. Let's go get a bunch of White Claws and then drink a bunch of them with vodka and then forget everything. Yeah, I guess so. To each his own. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, if you guys would please follow us on anything you're listening to us on. And if you are listening to us on Google, just sign in um, and then listen to us there and, and mm-hmm. uh, follow us, subscribe, whatever the hell it's called. Because I know people listen to us there, but we don't, I don't know, we're not getting credit for the non-sign-in people, but it's fine. If you would do that, that would really help us out. And if you can... um if you want to get a free sticker, all you have to do is just go to one of those podcasting platforms, do the whole thing. I'm not going to say it again. I'm tired. I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> so just, uh, just, you know what to do. You know what to do if you've been listening to us. Just screenshot mm-hmm. it. Screenshot your review, your five stars. Send it to info at beholdnetwork.com with your alias and your mailing address. We'll shoot you out some stickers. That is for Canada and the United States. And also follow us on... TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Indigenous underscore Tales. Mm-hmm. And you you can keep up with us on that stuff. And if you ever have some suggestions for stories, we have received about, I think it's like three different stories in our inbox about um, just random listener tale stories. So we yeah. love hearing those. So if you would send those in, we would definitely read them on the show. You'll be a part of it. And if you want us to say your name, I'll email the people who have, and say, do you want to say your name? Could we give a shout out? If not, it's like, it's cool. Yeah, sometimes people don't want their they don't want their name out there. Yeah, so we'll do that for you guys. Uh, so remember, if you have any stories, send them to the, that email address, and also back to the social media side. We post things after every show, mm-hmm. so you can see the pictures that we're talking about. I know this last episode was the um, was the El Tio part Uno. Right? Isn't that Parto Uno? I don't know. Parto Uno. I don't speak Spanish. So Pueblo. That's what happened. Pueblo Quero Rico. <laughs> that was in Cerveza. the show. Bolivia O. No, that's not how you say that. Just say O at everything? Yeah, that's how that's it. It was the Quecha people of Bolivia. And we showed pictures of their terrace farming, which is really cool. And then we had a mm-hmm. couple of pictures of the people with their really amazing outfits. And we even posted a picture of the president that was um, the indigenous president that was elected that helped yeah. make changes for the Quechan people. So it's pretty cool. If you guys want to do that, just follow us and you can see our stories. We post a bunch of stuff. We also post sporadic uh giveaways we also post things about sales for our merch store and our merch store is at indigenoustales.threadless.com so if you want to sign up for the mailing address on that go there you'll get a little you know prompt you for an email give you a coupon code buy whatever you want and then if you do purchase things and want us to give you a shout out post it on social media tag us and we'll tag you back or put you in our story or something like that cool i think that's it so let's get into part Numero dos. <laughs> no? Sure. Uh, El Tio. El Tio. The, the uncle. I don't like his name. I just don't like it. Just you know what? It. I think uncles get a bad rap. Yeah. I get it. But uncles get a bad rap. Maybe it was like all the 70s and 80s and 90s uncles. But yeah, now we have social the... media. We have technology. So we can watch you everywhere you're going. So now mm-hmm. it's like... Mm-mm. We're, we got our eye on you. Yeah. Yeah, things were different back then. So I'm glad uh, we're not living in that time anymore. I know. I'm a good uncle. I don't know why. Yeah, me too. I'm a great so uncle. So stop it. I'm a great uncle. 
All right, so let's get into this uh, LTO. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it like that. LTO. So <laughs> to get into the mood, I'm going to talk about this man named Mario who was sitting at 400 meters above or at above 4,000 meters above sea level. He sat opposite of LTO deep in thought. <laughs> LTO. You're really with a little strength <laughs> with a little strength that he can muster he lifts one of his handful of coca leaves to his numb mouth he is cold to the bone his skin shrinks and and he longs for answers as images of his four children and his partner race through his mind he is overwhelmed by helplessness and blinded by his woes and he pleads for supernatural powers to intervene and perform some kind of miracle before exiting the mine, he chews on one last mouthful of coca and leaves behind a lit cigarette for El Tio. Making his way out, he feels a faint touch on his back. He turns to see two beefy red hands offering him fresh green leaves, and he accepts it without hesitation. In El Tio, he sees a benefactor. They start talking. They share an a affinity for each other. And when El Tio tells Mario that he has watched him work tirelessly for years, but for little reward, he offers him help. This is one of the many encounters with the devil known as El Tio. Ooh, he kept giving him those coca leaves. Yeah, that coca leaves are a big thing over there. He they, said, hey, uh, for, uh, they got recreational use and they got ceremonial use. I'll <laughs> gladly pay you Tuesday for some coca leaves today. <laughs> yeah. Sniff, sniff. Choo, choo. Hey. <laughs> the chickens in the pot. <laughs> He's all, hmm. I'll take three. <laughs> He's all, I'm so beefy. So Ugh. beefy hands. So big, sounds like a big old strong man. Scary. Yeah, well, based on some of the statues I've seen, he looks pretty beefy. Mm, beefy. <laughs> in the mines of Highland Bolivia, El Tio is the familiar name for the spirit owner of the mountain, who is also known as Horai or Supe. He is closely related to similar figures found in mines in Peru called Muiki, and the words El Tio are Spanish for the uncle, and evidence of the relationship of patronage that the miners have with the spirit. He is associated with pre-Hispanic Huacas, as well as Christian devils, and is a certain and has a certain central figure in the ritual life of Bolivian mining communities. An altar of Eltio is situated in each mine shaft to receive sacrificial offerings, and it is believed that 8 million people have died in these mines of potency. Most of them are either natives in the area or African slaves. Yep, they told you. That's what they did last time. They went and picked up some slaves and said, we're going to... Ah, we'll just mix it up. We'll mix it up. We'll yeah, them, we'll, throw both of them in there and see what happens. Yeah, we'll tell them about Jesus. Two strong, <laughs> strapping types of people. Throw <laughs> them in there, let them dig, and then if they die, they die. It, was, it wasn't it was us. It was El Tio. Yeah. Wash our hands from it. Man. So they still do mine this mountain today to make a living, but back then... It was real typical for most of the people working in the mine to be trapped underground for six months at a time. Dying. And they worked 20 hours a day, and on average, around 14 people would die per month. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, I can only imagine like 
how many parents died, how many kids died. It's just, it's just so insane. But at least they were getting paid really well. Oh, of course. They had a pension plan, 401k yeah, benefits, life dental insurance. vision, mm-hmm. um, hazard duty pay, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OSHA would come out and make uh, his annual visits, make sure oh, everything okay. was safe and in order. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. If a miner would strike it rich in the vein of silver in Quero Rico, a mountain looming over the Bolivian city of Potosi, they say it is thanks to Altio. But if a miner is crushed to death by a loose rock in the mountain, it is also the work of Altio. Wait, what? <laughs> so, oh, we got some silver. Oh, thank you, Altio. Yep. My brother died. It was, well, it was Altio. What do you expect? I got him. So it's a it's a lose lose. It sounds like all the miners can do to sate the ambivalent spirit that guards the mountain in the heart of the Andes is leave offerings. The mine is home to more than six thousand shrines in his likeness, which the men ritually soak in liquor, bestow with lit cigarettes, and shower in coca leaves. So they soak these. There's there's six thousand altars or statues. There's a, there's probably more, but as far as they so found, everywhere you a, turn, there's a statue, there's a statue, and then mm-hmm. someone pours liquor all over its head, yeah, like it's a like it's a music video from the '90s <laughs> or the early 2000s, and then they put a exactly. cigarette in his mouth and they give him some coca leaves. They're Altio likes to party, man. He's what it sounds like party kind of guy. Yeah, Altio also accepts the blood of llamas. So I know, uh, I think one of the pictures that we posted on Instagram showed the people with their llamas, like llamas were a big thing in their culture. Yes. They have a lot of, they have a lot of llamas. And Mm -hmm. I know I was showing pictures to Kristen and she was all, Ooh, a llama. And I was all, "Uh, is it an alpaca (laughs) or is it a llama? Are they the same thing? I don't know if they're the same thing. Um, I don't know. I know they're, uh, they're related. They have to be. Well, I know they make like the alpaca, (laughs) um, socks. And like, they use all the fur to make really soft things. Oh yeah, stuff is like. But do super they use fluffy. llama fur, or is it the same? I don't know. Do we'll you eat llamas? A... I will. Well, okay, let's go. A little llama burger. Llama burger with some coca leaves and some. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! And some uh, <laughs> some corn liquor. Yeah. So they give these. Uh, they give this llama blood to these shrines, and the church-going miners are happy to oblige. The miners of this mountain hold the Christian god in one hand and El Tio in the other. The contradictory system is one that reflects the region's dark colonial history and how within Quero Rico, little has changed since it was first mined 500 years ago. Wow. So it's it's really interesting. To see how these people are like, God, we were, you know, worship God over here, but once you go down there, it's El Dio. Well, you're underground. Yeah. Oh, man. I would hate, I don't want to go into mine. Um, I don't know if I would. Yeah. I don't, I definitely do not want to go <laughs> into mine because it is, um, it seems terrifying. Yeah. It's real dangerous. It's dark. It probably smells really bad. Oh, yeah. No I, mean, I know my, um, was it my sister-in-law? Yeah, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, and uh, their kids. Where were we? I think we we're in Colorado. They went in like a, a. It was like a gym mine place that they found it. I don't know. 
we kind of did our own separate thing that day. And all of a sudden they have sent us a picture and uh, my sister-in-law has like a, a hard hat on with a little light bulb and they're in one <laughs> of those little mining bucket things or little, yeah. I don't know what they're called, little, little messed up train. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? And, uh, yeah, they went and did the whole thing. Man, good thing Altheo wasn't down there. Not good for them. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm too big to do all that stuff. I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's my excuse. I'm just like, nope. I hate, big. I hate those videos of those people who go, uh, go into mines and they get really stuck between rocks and they'll record it and they'll be nope. like, all right, if I wiggle this right way, I'll get out of here. I've been stuck down here for two hours, but I can, I can make it. Yeah. That, that, that freaks the hell out of me and it starts mm. giving me claustrophobic. Like I start becoming claustrophobic. I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's really weird. So they say that Aldeo makes several, that he can take several different forms, including the specter of a bearded blonde man resembling mine administrators or even a succubus. <laughs> so, Those are two different things. I know. It's so really weird. So he could weird. either be a, a blonde foreman mm-hmm. or some hot lady that ends up killing him. Hey. Oh, please, hot lady, please, hot lady, please, hot lady, please. <laughs> yeah. hot. The foreman's just going to make me work more. Yeah, he's going to give me overtime and not pay me. Yeah, at least the hot lady. Oh, you still die, though, huh? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Flip a coin. Death by snoo snoo. <laughs> but most often, he appears inside the mines in his physical form as a clay figure resembling the Christian devil. Typically, an image of El Dio is to be found seated in each active mine shaft in a niche in a niche area near the miner's work area. The figures vary widely in their size, composition, and design. Some, like the image from the Ketorico mine now on display in a museum there, are elaborately sculpted and decorated and maybe as large as a human. So hmm. I've, I mean, we're going to post pictures, but some of them look. Not too scary. Some are really scary. I wouldn't want to see one of the scarier ones as the size of a human. Um, I'll have nightmares, <laughs> especially yeah. with his big old his big old thing. Oh yeah. Oh yep. That's a weird. I don't know how we're gonna post that. We might get in trouble. I don't know because not all of them have it. Mm, I'm looking at quite a few, and uh, right. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know. He thinks very highly of himself. <laughs> He, yes, he does. Most images are smaller and less gaudy, but still easily identi- identifiable due to the horns that grow from his head. The icon's eyes may be made of discarded light bulbs from the miner's helmets or pieces of metal or pieces of metal ore, and his teeth are often formed of shards of glass or crystal. At the center of one shrine, Gerardo Fernandez Juarez writes, is a lump of metal corresponding to that sought by miners. Different shrines may take on slightly different personas and receive dis- distinct names, like Theo Caesar or Theo Oscar, kind of like the Catholic saints. So they kind of compare the two. I know Catholic saints, there's like... St. Bernard. 50,000. St. Saint, um, Bernard. St. <laughs> Mary. Yeah. Mm, St. Saint- Saint June Marie. Saint um, Saint Joseph, <laughs> that I think that is one. I think that is. I don't know. It's a church down the road. Uh, something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know Catholics like it, it. There's a lot of saints, and they're like, "Oh, why are they a saint?" They're like, "Well, they saved a baby, so now they're a saint." So there's like a thing, right? Saint. 
There's like yeah. a whole thing where they they make them saints, but it, that has mm-hmm. to go through like the Vatican and all that. And they, I think so. Yeah, and then they're the real corporatized, huh? Yeah, they're real. I mean, they they're real uh, organized. <laughs> hmm. Images of El Tio embody his greed and insatiability. His mouth is open to accept cigarettes and coca leaves, and his hands are outstretched for offerings of alcohol. And his erect phallus betrays his veracity. <laughs> yes, um, it is. He's got a big old, big old he, phallus. He's uh, he's intimidating. <laughs> so hey, bring me some alcohol. Look at it. Bring some alcohol. No, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't Here's point my that hands. thing at me. Put some coca leaves in there. <laughs> Pour some liquor on me. Nope. That's why I run out. I'm not going in that cave. Surrounding the images are streamers or bits of confetti from past rites and the remnants of the offerings that the miners have made to satiate El Tio's appetite. So yeah, like a lot of these uh, shrines, it looks like they just had a big party. There's like confetti everywhere, glitter, uh, all these colors and everything. It really does. It looks like they were just throwing... It looks like... um, What was that movie? Uh... With Steve, Steve, uh, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs too. When he goes party in a box, oh, yeah, and he's all Steve, mm-hmm. and he pushes the button and yeah. it explodes. Party, it looks like party <laughs> in a box. It looks like that. Yeah, it does. There's like so much colors and streamers and food and liquor. Let's take a quick break. Bloody FM presents hometown ghost stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings. From haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Looks like a really good time, except for the... The whole phallic thing, but other and than dying. That, I mean, dying. Well, <laughs> and really dying. Cool. Yeah. So when Althea goes unattended for a long time, the miners say that he becomes hungry, and the section of that mine in which the shrine is located becomes dangerous because Althea's hunger is avoid. It's switched from llamas to human lives because they didn't bring him enough sacrifices. Just take your llama in there. It's fine. You can. I know you're attached to it. He's probably your pet. You got pictures of him and for your Christmas card and birthday party and all that stuff, but do the yeah. face, do the face, do the face, <laughs> the goldfish soup. <laughs> Man, what the if you can, can, I wonder if you could just tie a llama, like put a spike in the ground and then tied, like hook the llama to the spike. Mm-hmm. And then every, like keep feeding the llama, but then everywhere you go, like the llama's next to him. So kind of seems like a cheat code. Like Jurassic Park, how they feed the T-Rex? Yeah, just keep doing that. Then every time you walk by, just kind of slice the llama. Maybe. Little, put a little chunk off on, on the little guy. <laughs> but maybe, but then he starts having withdrawals because you're not taking him to coca. The coca no. leaves. All right, here's the deal. You pump a bunch of coca leaves inside of the llama Ooh. like a turducken. And then yeah. you leave it there. <laughs> Boom. Or you could do that. The mine has been almost completely depleted which means tunnel collapses are extremely common. 
More deadly still, the workers suffer from silicosis, which is a respiratory illness caused by breathing in toxic particles of dust. This is also very common with like coal miners and I think just miners in general. Like when you're down there in the earth for that long, you're going to get sick. Your lungs are not. Minor lung. Yeah, you get that minor. you You get the black lung. Oh, yeah. Then your wife leaves you and then your kids don't respect you. And then you become an alcoholic and just at, at 25 years old, yeah, all at 15. 25 years old. And you're all like, I'm getting too old for this. And she's like, why are you talking so gravelly? Like an old man. I've been in the mine for two years <laughs> for two years. I can't deal with this anymore. Martha. <laughs> and then she leaves oh, you man. Yeah. for Barbados slim. Oh man. Good looking guy. Um, the average life expectancy of those unfortunate enough to have a career in this mountain is that of just 40 years old. Oh, so sad. Everywhere you shine your light, all you can see is a cloud of dust when you enter, says Katharina Moe, a BBC reporter who traveled to Rico. She says, in some ways, that is even more claustrophobic than the limited space. I was so completely disoriented when I was in there. It's like a rabbit warring of tunnels. She's a brave reporter. Oh, she probably got hazard pay. I guess you got to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> She's she hard. got hazard pay. Throw me some coca leaves. I'll go down there. Oh, I'll give you a good story. <laughs> yeah. So life is definitely not easy for the miners. Um, they rise at around five in the morning. Like I did today. Oh, my normal day. <laughs> Correct. Many have only bread and coffee before heading for their hard labor in the mines. Some chew coca leaves containing the drug cocaine so as to deaden their hunger pangs and keep them from feeling the chill. So it's like they they chew on this coca leaf just to get them through the day. Hmm. Their work goes on for about 8 or 12 hours with time out at noon for a simple For a simple but not hot meal that is sent to the mines by their wives. Lest life become any more difficult, many feel bound to follow the superstitious customs their ancestors have passed to them, which includes devotion to El Tio. Many have lost their lives in the Quero Rico mines, and it is also known as the mountain that eats men. The danger for the 15,000 miners who work there is shockingly high. Some of the dangers are immediate like rock falls, gas leaks, and industrial accidents, others take their toll over the long term. One of the miners named Mo is a young man whose brother-in-law was killed by silicosis, which is those the, that disease the that lung I talked disease. about. Yeah, the lung disease. He was only 25 years old. And there are a few signs that the conditions in Rico are likely to improve, which there's a, there was a recent change in law that made it possible for Bolivian children as young as 10 years old to work legally in the mine. Oh, great. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what I always yeah. say is kids, they don't work enough. Nope. You got to get them in that mine. You got to go show them that big old phallic in the corner and tell them, look, if you don't work, that's what's going to happen you. to you. Yeah. I mean, I was 12 <laughs> years old when I started working. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I was work. I was doing man work. I was turning wrenches and uh, building water trucks and learning how to thread pipe and run electrical grease heavy equipment <laughs> man bunch of kids See? are lazy nowadays so i'm bunch glad of, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to got to hook them on cigarettes soon. I mean, they're 10. Oh, they yeah. The sh- the smaller you can keep them, the better they're <laughs> going to be in those mines. So this yeah. government is I mean, it they know what's going t- on. Oh, top notch. Um, some think that technically they should be banned from working in the mines, but in spite of this, Moherd reports that children of that age are taking part in the mine works. Well, yes, of course it should be banned. We were being sarcastic. Yeah, it's really sad. And I know, like, they just, I, living conditions in this area are really bad. They're really not having a good time over there. So they got to do what they got to do to survive. And the mine still has full, it's full of silver gems, like cool geodes and stuff that they can sell. I don't know exactly what they do, if they do anything like, uh, if they sell it to companies or how they work or if they just trade it. I don't know. Mm. So to protect themselves against the dangers of their work, many workers will just turn to El Tio, which is the mountain's patron spirit. El Tio are placed throughout the mine shaft and are heavily worshipped every Friday with gifts of alcohol, cigarettes, and coca leaves. And on occasion, the miners will sacrifice their only llama to appease oh. El Tio. We're only llama? <laughs> you can't find He's someone all, with two llamas? He's all Bethel. I got to take Gertrude. Go please, El Tio. She's all, wait, Gertrude's our daughter. Nope. Got to take the llama instead. <laughs> so the llama's my best friend. The llama was there for me and you weren't. <laughs> what do llamas do? I don't know. They're so cool. And you can use their hair for a lot of stuff. It's no exaggeration to say that Altio's dark domain shaped the modern world. The mountain was once home to the greatest silver deposit on Earth, and its extraction by Imperial Spain on the backs of slaves bankrolled their conquest of the New World and fueled the European Renaissance. By the 1600s, Bolivian silver had increased the supply of inexchangeable currency throughout Europe eightfold. Macalester College anthropology professor Jack Weatherford calls Potosi, the first city of capitalism. Which, wow. when you think of it, he's right, because it was the greatest silver deposit on Earth. Then Spain went over there and was like, hey, it's ours now. And then well, was it capitalism? Ex- I mean, capitalism would imply slave that labor. it's a capitalist society. Yeah, slave labor is not really capitalism. <laughs> but I guess, if you don't consider the, I guess if you don't consider the people slaves or people... If you oh, don't maybe. consider the slaves people, then I guess it would be property, and then you're exchanging goods for services. So mm-hmm. maybe I guess the bastardized version of capitalism. All I'm saying is down with capitalism, but I'm drinking a Starbucks right now as I say that. Shut up. <laughs> you're down. Those people, I always see those people who are talking in interviews and they have like everything name brand. They're drinking a Starbucks. Every they have corporate a- AirPods. Yeah, they have possible. like, oh, shopping on Amazon while they're talking, and there's like, I just hate capitalism, dude. It's like you're ta- you ha- you own a phone that is made by slave labor. Yeah, me too. Yeah, just saying. Um, <laughs> like, it's horrible, but mm-hmm. we're all gonna do it. So everyone, just shut up. Yeah, because <laughs> we're not doing anything about it. Because I'm not giving up my iPhone. You're not giving up your iPhone either. I will. Llamas, you can eat them. That's oh, why. llamas are de- delicious. It says you can uh, llamas can carry twenty to thirty percent of their body weight, so they're good for pack animals. They can also oh. be provide be a food source, providing their owners with meat and milk. So llama milk. Oh, llama! I would think that would be like very sour milk. Well, I don't know. 
Llama wool is used for weaving clothes and rope, the skin for leather, the fat for making candles, and dried excrement for fuel. So like uh, oh, cow patties, yeah. but llama patties. Okay, llamas are probably my new f- my new go to animal to su- uh, have sustainability. I'm gonna have a llama in my backyard. <sighs> oh, I my thought it's gonna be your friend. I want a platypus still. Fill the tank. Give me some llama patties. <laughs> All right, and start scooping them. Why is she over there scooping patties into your tank? She's know. over there with a shovel, like a coal, like one of those <laughs> steam engine, uh, one of the steam, steam locomotives with the coal shovel. She's all so singing. I'm working and, on the railroad, well, babe. Come on, I need to get to work. Oh, <laughs> Enough <man>. singing. <laughs> I love my wife. I'm just. She kidding. has a lovely voice. <laughs> the arrival of Spanish Catholics carried with them the seed that likely became El Tio. Jose Tacona, which is a third, who is a third generation miner and a local historian of Rico, says that conjecture passed down from miners of old of old offer the only clues to El Tio's origin. The Spaniards likely refused to enter the mines themselves, and he explains instilling order by introducing slaves to the concept of a malevis- of a malevolent devil. I believe that. So they were too scared to go into the mine. They're like, no. El Theo's in there. They're all, well, who's El Theo? And they're all, gather around. He's gather a whole. Oh, this is a tale about El Theo. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all in Spanish. So picture that, but with Spanish yeah, to undertones. In, in Spanish, yeah. <laughs> he was told that the lack of obedience and respect for the devil was the root of all misfortune in the mountain. And the miners said that the spirit in is in a very Andean manner, creating the niche underground cults of offering and sacrifice that exists today. So also another, well, I was getting mad while I was watching this video of these people uh, talking about working in this mine. And this guy, I think he was probably like maybe in his seventies. And he was saying that when he was a kid in this area, uh, the kids had to go to Catholic school and all this stuff, but they had to pay for their own uniforms and the uniforms cost about two months of their parents' total income. And then when they got to the church, the priests were wearing like the finest of silk robes. And they had like a golden altar full of ornaments that they weren't allowed to touch or really get close to. And I was like, man, they so they had to pay for all their own stuff and then go to the church. Well, that's what Jesus would want. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as Jesus wants it, then you need to do it. It's like, that's Don't horrible. ask questions. No. It's indentured servitude. I mean, that's what Give it is. Give us your money. Give us what your money, please. It's, um, yeah, that's what they would do. That's that's why I said that. that uh, I don't remember what that term was that I used. It was all in Spanish. Phallic. But, no. no. <laughs> they were saying that the the Spanish, they would use this kind of service where it's kind of, okay, let's talk local times, right? So let's talk mm-hmm. about the iPhone. So you have a company out there. I can't remember what the company's called. Oh, uh, I don't remember what the company's called, but there was a company out in China that was, um, they were the contractors to make iPhones. Uh-huh. So they're making iPhones, suicide rate is high. And when you go there, you sign a contract and the contract would say, okay, we're going to, uh, you're going, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars. And in turn, you're going to stay here. You have to live here at the facility. Oh man. And they're all like, okay, you're going to pay me a lot of money. So then they go, okay. So then they get the first paycheck and it's like a, a quarter of what they said. And they're like, what the hell? And they go, oh, well, 
you're sleeping here, so that costs this much money. And then utilities, so water and all that, you know, power. Well, that's going to be another cost. And then you have you're you're eating, and the only place to buy food is through us. So we're mm-hmm. taking that out of your paycheck. So then they end up with a quarter of the salary. So there was this investigative journalist that you know from America because we're we're all high and mighty Americans and we have to save the world. <laughs> so they went over there and was like, it was like real in your face. What are you doing? What's going on? We're gonna have to stop this. And it was all prompted through Apple because everyone's saying Apple's a bad guy, and Apple mm-hmm. at that time was like, we can't be the bad guy. So they hire this journalist. They go out there, do this whole thing. So they said they're going to change. They're going to change things. They're going to increase the living conditions. So they started putting suicide nets up because people were just jumping off of the building and just dying. So wow. in the facility, they have suicide nets. So if you jump, there's a net that catches you. Um, their uh, living arrangements just they're got, went up like crazy. So they had like better beds. They uh, they had they were working like 18 hour shifts or 20 hour shifts. So now they said the maximum they could do is 12 hours and only if they want to do 12 hours, but if not, they do eight, <laughs> they could do eight hours. So they did like, they changed that, man. Um, they gave them better food, better, better quality of living. And then everyone's like, yay, look, us Americans did it. Wonderful. Pat on my back. Now I can have my iPhone and just walk around and not feel bad anymore. Mm-hmm. So they went back a year later and all the, all the workers are pissed at the United States. Hmm. Well, they're pissed because because their way of living went up. Well, the company's like, well, hey, we got better food and better water. We don't have to charge you for that. We have yeah. suicide nets. We got to charge. So they ended up making less. And they're like, well, you can't work more than 12 hours. So now the people mm-hmm. are losing out on money. So eventually they keep getting more and more and more in debt until, you know, eventually you're going to owe them everything and you're going to have nothing. So the Spanish, they started all that. <laughs> They're the yeah. ones who they, they had the, the plan in place and they said, Oh, we're going to do this. And they figured it out. And that's what they were doing to them. So that's why the Spanish was in cahoots with the, with the priests because they're all about the church. Mm-hmm. So the church, they, of course, we're going to force you to assimilate just like they did in, in all of the Americas and Canada, us, just everywhere. That's what the, that's what the game plan was. Yeah. You have, everywhere. You have to assimilate. Well, how do you assimilate? You have to go to our churches. You have to learn about our God. And then because you guys are disgusting and trashy savages, what we need to do is we need to spiff you up a little bit and make you look proper. Mm-hmm. So that costs money. But we're going <laughs> to charge you an arm and a leg because we know your pops over there. He has to go work in the mine for us to get that silver. So they yeah, would do that. And it, and it wasn't voluntary back then. Like they had no choice. And they still, I mean, they say now it's not voluntary to, to work in the job in the mine, but they kind of still don't really have a, any better option just because their living conditions are not all that great because they still work in the mine and all the stuff I was reading were saying like uh, how they employ child laborers because they can squeeze into tight shafts in the mine without coordinating new digging paths. So they're like less work. We don't got to make different paths. We can just squeeze the smaller children in there to get us the stuff that we can't reach. And it's just crazy. And I know, um, being someone who lives in a like who comes from like a poor family or you know everyone's mm-hmm. trying to help out you as a boy you feel like i need to help out oh yeah and 
you see your dad all busted up. You see all the hardships your mother's going through. You see that your sister's not doing very well and everything comes down to money. And if you could, you as a boy, I know it sounds macho and it sounds like something that's like out of, you know, that, you know, Western society, we don't, you know, well, we're not how to have gender roles and all that stuff. Well, yeah, that's, it's really easy to say that when you live in a first world, um, uh, first world, but nation, but when you feel poor and, or when you are poor and you feel like you have to help, it actually comes from something within where you're like, you know, if I could do it and they're letting me, I want to help the family out too. Mm-hmm. And I know mom and sis isn't going to do it. And I feel like I have to step up. So I'm going to do it. Right. I mean, when I made money, when I was a kid, I always gave mom and dad money. Why? Because sometimes you have problems. And if you have problems, mm-hmm. you, you try to help out and it makes you feel good about it. Yeah. What was that? We were watching uh, Reservation Dogs when Bear went and got a job, first construction job. What did he do? He went over there hey. and gave his mom money. Yeah, Why? Because he, he felt like, money. yeah, he felt like, look, I got to help out too because I'm going to help out the family. So you're right. If they don't have any other option, this is what they got to do mm-hmm. Yeah, just to, just to survive until 40. And then, you know, after 40, you can pull the plug <laughs> and then you're gone. So yeah. they get that iron lung. <laughs> Man. And they're probably still, I bet you a ton of them are still down there with, with that messed up, with the messed up lungs because mm-hmm. they have to work. Yeah. And another thing I was reading, uh, while they're mining, sometimes they'll find bodies and stuff that were just stuck down there and they just have to keep working. And sometimes they knew who that person was, or it could be a relative. And they're just like, well, I mean, it's the, it's the way of the mine. The mine got, El Dio got them. Yeah. Yeah. That company was called Foxconn, or it's called Foxconn, the one that makes iPhones. Oh, Foxconn. So if you guys want to look it up, there's like a bunch of YouTube videos. There's all kinds of stuff, but there's, um, I think it was, let me see, 9, 10, 11, 12. It might have been 2000, around 2010, 2009, something like that, when iPhones like came out and I think came out in seven. So it was somewhere mm-hmm. where like the second generation phone, third generation phone was coming out, and it became this okay. big thing because everyone's like, at that time, people were like, protest Oshkosh Bagosh, because they, ha- they have like Malaysian <laughs> slaves and because pro- pro- they were doing that. They were like, a lot of these yeah. companies were doing that. Um, so that's what it was. It was like a big push. And then everyone's, App- Apple's over there like, mm, don't look at us. Don't look at us. And then someone goes, look at them. They're like, ah, you got us. <laughs> so, I mean, all these big corporate companies, that's what they do. Yeah. Well, well like you check how out you're the, saying- the thing. It was pr- pretty interesting. Yeah. Like how you were saying about the the boys, this, I read this thing where this guy, Basilio Vargas, he was explaining to his 10 year old brother that he had to go to work and was trying to put it like, trying to explain to him why the risks. And I mean, you're 10 years old. You probably don't even grasp what's, I mean, your son is 10 years old. Imagine telling him like, hey, buddy, or well, almost 10. (laughs) Nope. Leave my baby alone. <laughs> it's like imagine telling him, like, buddy, you gotta go you gotta go work in the mine. And him just like, why? I'm just like, well, because of El Tio. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's really sad. So hundreds of crosses adorn the entrances of the mines, which it still blows my mind because it's like this devil thing, but it's so mixed with Christianity and Catholicism. A mine cannot exist without its without El Tio. The horned creature with bulging eyes and a sharp goatee sits upright in his throne, naked, with an unmistakable erection. <laughs> Man, they're really focused on this guy's Johnson. <laughs> I mean, it is the Catholic Church, so. Oh, see, you got me right there. Man, could, it could right. be. They're all, look at him in his 
big old. Pecker. We like those kind. <laughs> Look at it. It's red. <laughs> so his mouth and nose are often completely blackened from lit cigarettes that hang from his lips. It's a good omen, says the miners. That El Tio smokes it all way smokes it all the way down to the filter. So there's two types of offerings that are made. One is called the chala, and another one is called the karaku. Probably butchering those, but I'm trying. <laughs> the first might be described as sort of a social visit during which the miners sit down, hang out with Altio, they share a drink, they light up a cigarette, and then they share some cocoa with them. Coca, not cocoa. Oh, I was Coco's like, man, the, they got hot cocoa too? Yeah, cocoa is the sounds, one you, you want to Sounds ingest. like a party. <laughs> put some, the most put some marshmallows in that. <laughs> you got tell yourself a little it. s'more, little, tell some ghost stories. Yeah. He was all, there I was, talking to the priest. And you're all, he's talking. (laughs) Hey, you need to put down those leaves. You took too many of those leaves. (laughs) The most notable of the first ceremony are performed on the Tuesday of of the carnival and during the month of August. But miners also make a small tala, chala. To the to Altio each Tuesday and Friday when they enter the mine for work. The image is draped with streamers and a cigarette is placed inside of his mouth. They sit with the image and share his indulgence, drinking, smoking, and chewing coca leaves. The second is more ceremonial, and in this form of offering, it is performed by what they would call a shaman or kind of like a witch doctor. The Altio ceremony during this carnival, are there's to placate him after an accident in the mines. This is performed on the 1st of August, the beginning of the period during which the land opens up to receive offerings in anticipation of the beginning of the agricultural cycle. And it can be startling for outsiders because it involves the ritual sacrifice of one or more llamas. Which oh, are, man. Which, the, poor, the poor llamas. The llamas are sacrificed at the entrance of the mine, and their blood is collected in a really large bowl. The blood is then splashed across the entrance of the mine. It's splattered on the machinery that they used within the mine, and they splash it on the rock faces of active veins. So like where the ore is sticking out or where they see silver deposits, they'll splash some llama blood on there. Man, that's all sticky. So you're going to have some sticky blood all over the machines? That's how (laughs) someone gets hurt. I, they really, uh, they really have mal. What is it? Malpractice. <laughs> malpractice. Is that what it's called? In the mine, they uh, just don't unsafe care. working conditions. Um, yes, safety is not part of their culture. They do not have a corporal <laughs> corporate safety structures in place. They're not wearing the shiny uh, vest that glow. Oh, I mean, we even did that when we were doing like PT back in the day. I think they still do it like army army vests they or army jackets they have reflective stuff. I know Air Force has reflective stuff. Marines wear oh, like really? uh, reflective belts. Oh yeah, oh, like when you're on base at any military installation and you watch any of the soldiers, airmen, seamen, marines, any of them running around, they all have like something that is reflective. Man, well, even you, they if it's want like you to see them. Yeah, even if it's like 2 in the afternoon, doesn't matter. When you do PT, <laughs> you better be glowing. Because we want to never see know when there's, it. you never know when there's going to be an eclipse. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I don't know. 
The llama's heart, or a dried llama fetus, is purchased for the occasion and it is buried at the altar's feet. The miners must then leave the mine so that El Dio can enjoy his meal uninterrupted while they feast on llama meat on the surface. So they give El Dio a llama, they pour all kinds of alcohol on him, give him this llama, then they leave, let him enjoy his meal, and then they have a meal. <laughs> yeah, they just don't do it in dog. front of him. You eat llama, we eat llama. Yeah. I wonder what llama tastes like. I'm really curious now. Probably like if a It's cow. good enough for El Tio. It's good enough I for me. it tastes like a goat, maybe? Um, I, so. I don't know. These rites of sacrifice to the spirit owner of the mine reflect both the pre-Columbian system of their beliefs and the relations of patronage that come down from the Spanish colonial society. In the pre-Columbian Andean worldview, the deities that were embodied in natural landmarks were an important part of the social landscape. They were tied into the social fabric through the same sort of relationship of ritual exchange and that bo- that bound together their overall belief. The people of Potosi absorbed and transformed Christianity in propagating Altio, writes anthropologist Michael Tossing. To give poetic expression to the needs of the oppressed, the retention of these traditions over centuries is a testament not only to the strength of their religious culture, but the continued trials of Rico miners. The offerings of liquor, llamas, and tobacco are symbolic. The sacrifice of the men's own bodies, though, are not. As long as the fearless miners of Potosi are so exploited, Altio will be fed. He says how strange many of these practices would seem to Catholics in New York, Paris, or even Munich. Yet, they are typical of the practice of accommodating Catholicism to pagan practices to make it easier to draw the native population under the yoke of the church. Very different indeed from the principles set out by the Apostle Paul who said, What sharing does light have with darkness? Further, what harmony is there between Christ and the devil? So he's pretty much saying, like, it's all a um, contradiction. (laughs) It's all hogwash, baloney. Hypocrisy. Yeah, he's like, well, I mean, even in the book that we read, the Bible, it says right Mm -hmm. here that we can't do that. He goes, yeah, but how are we going to convert them? Well, don't do it that way because you can't. Nope. We have to do it. And then we'll just say it's okay. When you don't put bait on your hook, you ain't going to catch a fish. He's all, wait. When did this become a fishing metaphor? <laughs> it says llama tastes like a cross between beef and lamb, which I thought it would be like more like a goat, hmm. but I could see lamb and beef. Yeah, that all makes sense because they're all, um, they're all, what the they're hell are all, called? Uh, they all have, mul- they're all, it's all red meat. They all have multiple stomachs. Yeah. Interesting. I got to try it then. All right, so I'm going to end on a couple of cool stories. Well, one story is interesting. It's from a Catholic perspective. (laughs) They would tell it to the indigenous people to kind of be like, look, I'm going to teach you a lesson, and we're going to use El Tio as an example. Oh, here we go. They would say that long ago, a struggling miner named Juan ventured deep into the Potosi mines in search of fortune. He was disheartened by his lack of success, and he stumbled upon a hidden chamber where a sinister figure, which was Altio, awaited him. Altio is a horned demon with eyes of fire, and he promised Juan unimaginable wealth in exchange for a dark pact. 
Desperate desperate and entranced by the allure of riches, Juan agreed without hesitation. As the deal was struck, El Tio marked Juan's palm with a fiery brand, sealing their sinister agreement. <laughs> this sounds so Catholic. <laughs> yeah, it does. Days turned into weeks, and Juan's luck changed dramatically. His once empty pockets overflowed with silver and gold, and he became one of the wealthiest miners in his area. But the price of his newfound riches was steep. Strange events began to unfold around him. His crops withered, his livestock perished, and his once happy happy family became consumed with despair. So he was haunted by guilt and fear, and Juan sought solace in the local church. He didn't know what else to do. He said, my crops are dying. My wife slapped me and ran off with the mailman. So I got to go to the church because they got answers. And they took my llama. <laughs> they took my llama that fetched soup. <laughs> <laughs> the priest sensed the darkness that clung to him and warned him of the consequences of his pact with El Tio. Desperate to break the curse, Juan followed the priest's guidance, which led him on a treacherous journey to the heart of the mine. The priest armed with only a cross and his determination, and Juan for- faced El Tio once more. With each step that he took, the air grew colder and the walls seemed to close in around him. As he confronted the demon, a fierce battle of wills ensued. Juan's heart was pounding and he resisted the seduc- seductive promises of wealth, pleading for release from the pact that ensnared him. With a loud cry, Juan shattered the spell that bound him to El Tio. The demon roared in fury. His eyes were blazing with anger, but Juan's Juan's resolve remained unbreakable. He He brandished the cross, invoking its power to banish the malevolent spirit back to the shadows. (laughs) The power of Christ compels you. The power (laughs) of Christ compels you. Yeah. As Altio's presence faded, the mind trembled. The wall seemed to exhale a long-held breath. Juan emerged from the depths, his face stained with sweat and tears, and his heart was filled with a newfound strength. The village then re- rejoiced as the curse was lifted, and the valley's prosperity returned, this time untamed by dark magic. So Juan's story was used as kind of a cautionary tale by the Catholic Church. They used it as a reminder to lure that the lure of wealth can lead a treacherous path, <laughs> which is as they're interesting. Draped, as they're draped in gold and have, like bling. Because <laughs> they enslave the people to mine the mountain for its resources and riches. <laughs> yeah, they have like like uh, gold thread like stitched into their robes. Their big old yeah. stinky robes. They're like old gangsters. Yeah, they got gold it's teeth. Old, can't you see? Yeah. I'll show you the right way, see? You gotta have a watch like mine if you want to kick it with me. Wait, what's a watch? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's very interesting. (laughs) Let you tell the time, see? Yeah. So what is time? (laughs) Hmm. Uh, So I'm going to end on this last story. This one's kind of, it kind of made me laugh, but at the same time made me angry. It's about a greedy mining company that arrived. uh, They arrived in this area. They heard about the mountain. And they were like, look, we want to get in on the riches in there, so we got to do something about it. They they were seeking precious material that was hidden within the mountain. 
and they were ignoring all of the all of the villagers were warning them about disturbing the spirits but the company just began excavating as soon as they got there they didn't care they're like hurry up fire up the fire up that backloader we're gonna we're gonna tear this mountain to shreds and as the company dug deeper strange occurrences plagued the workers their tools started to vanish overnight they were hearing eerie whispers that echoed through the caverns and unexplainable shadows danced on the walls despite these signs the company persisted <laughs> they were driven by their greed. Hmm. So one one of the nights while they were mining, a powerful tremor shook the earth, collapsing the mine tunnels and sealed them within. They were trapped beneath the earth, and the workers began to experience vivid nightmares of a horned figure, which we know is El Dio. They awoke to find their bodies were marked with scratches, as if the spirit had clawed them at night. Fear and paranoia spread like wildfire, and the workers' sanity deteriorated. So somehow, one of the workers managed to make it out of the of the collapse, and they made it to the village, and they were asking for help. No one wanted to help them, though. They were like, we warned you. You guys weren't listening, so you get what you deserve. But one of their medicine men felt really bad, so he offered his help. And he said, Aldeo's curse could only be lifted if an offering was made to appease the vengeful spirit. He explained to the miner that he needed to make an idol and to place it in the center of their mine shaft. He began to exp- to describe the features of Althio to him and explained how to make the idol. The miner returned to the collapsed tunnel after fashioning the idol out of some materials that he found, and he began to perform the ceremony that the medicine man told him to do. He went back, he placed the idol into the mine shaft, and he offered some coca leaves and alcohol. As the offerings were made, a chilling wind swept through the cavern, carrying with it a whispering gratitude of the spirit. Slowly, the nightmare ceased, and the workers began to regain their senses and were able to make it out of the mine safely. After that, they abandoned their, their relentless pursuit of riches, and they vowed to leave the mine and its riches undisturbed. <laughs> so I pictured, I pictured like when he was out telling him how to make the idol. He's all, "You got to make it real long too. You got to make sure yeah. it's sticking out. You got to make sure it's really prominent." <laughs> the so guy's like, "I make, don't know if gotta, that's real." So why are we focusing on this part? Why can't I focus on the horns? No, no, no. Well, you don't. His mouth has to be open, hands have to be open, and you have to see this because if you don't, he's gonna get you. So remember, it's got to be real phallic. You got to make sure you say that word real loud. God, I, that <laughs> word just grosses me out. It's like when you say <laughs> that, moist to women. It's such a dirty word. How women hate the word moist. I don't know why. I don't, it sounds weird. Moist? Every time I hear moist, I think of cake. Yeah, I think but of I'm also cake like too. a. I'm also a fat guy, so I'm like, moist. <laughs> Ooh, cake. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. <laughs> You're fat at heart, so you like cake, too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, that was the story and a lot of information about Altio. There's so much more, but we're trying to compact this into a listenable episode. Um, if you, because people do go to these mines to check it out and take pictures. If you do go, please be careful because you can die. It can collapse on you or you'll get the miner's lung. Um, no, our our listeners are not allowed to die. So you're not allowed to go there. <laughs> Uh, That's yeah, it. Just, I solved just, it. 
I saw yeah, it. Yeah, just follow us on <laughs> Instagram and you'll yeah. you'll see the pictures that we post for yourself so you don't have to go. You can go that way and then <laughs> watch everything else like from afar, but you're not allowed to go in there. So you I saved your life. Say, you should thank me. Yeah. Um, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. We're going to post pictures and you can look them up yourself. I don't know. We're going to have to like put a edit thing on. We're going to post it and see what happens. We'll put like a, a warning or something. This we'll episode see. too will have like a warning because um, I guess kids and stuff, you know. It's phallic. Gosh, really? You're going to keep <laughs> saying it over and over again. Man. So follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Indigenous underscore Tales, uh, where you can see the pictures, I guess, of the phallic. I guess that's what we're going to do today. Um, yeah. Of El Theo, and you'll see all the, the cigarettes and... There's like booze and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's insane. We'll post pictures of some llamas too, because you need a palate cleanser after seeing that monstrous man. Yeah, just some <laughs> so, fun llama. Man, llama. I want a llama. I heard they're good like guards. Like you have a guard llama. Oh, really? They'll spit at me? Really? Yeah. No, they're like, they're really aggressive. I, I think it was a thing oh. in, um, oh, never mind. I'm thinking of emus. Those are completely different animals. Those are like a... Ostrich. Those are like ostrich. Yeah. Okay. I was wrong. My brain just crossed two wires and then they were the wrong wires. Never mind. You could have guard <laughs> emus. I know in te- I was going to say in Texas and then I started thinking about it. In Texas a while back, the big thing was to have emus on your uh, farm because they were guards because they, they would attack. Oh, wow. Nothing to do with there a llama, know. but my brain just made it sound <laughs> like a llama for some reason. But uh, yeah, I want a llama. Maybe I eat a yeah, llama. I wa- I'll do both. I'll have one as a pet okay. and then I'll have llama meal on the side. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Please follow us on all your major podcasting platforms because we're there and you can hear us. Subscribe helps us out a lot. And also just doing a five-star review or rating and leaving a review, leaving something nice, kind, really helps mm-hmm. out. Take a screenshot of that. Send it to info at behillnetwork.com and leave your mailing address and your alias and we'll shoot you out some stickers this is at uh this is for the united states and canada so all the u.s and all of canada you guys can get some cool stuff also if you want to check out some of our gear go to indigenoustales.threadless.com that's our merch store and we have a lot of cool designs and stuff it's not really a lot of shirts aren't that expensive like 20 bucks 22 bucks something like that when if you really catch us on a sale they're 14 bucks so you can't really go wrong with a 14 dollars shirt yeah they're super cheap yeah so check out all that stuff and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode so until next time i'm joseph and i'm gabriel you'll be remembered by the tracks you leave and remain close to the gray spirit phallic just don't let it sound like mufasa (laughs) (laughs) so bad if you're not spiritually connected to the earth and understand the spiritual reality of how to live a